Westlop Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskowspo. Well, gentlemen, um, we continue our summer previews with a look at uh, week three, but we get a bye week after Stanford. A bye week that we can you know, come home, relax, and prepare for the UNLV Rebels. And, uh, you know, so, so I'm, I might interject real quick and just, like, this isn't an explicit language warning. There, might, I mean, it's possible we might go there. But really, for anyone who, who hasn't yet listened to our Stanford preview, or frankly, if you have listened to our Stanford preview, after you're done listening to this one, Go back and listen to that other one because I think it'll probably help you feel better. Yeah, you're gonna need to go to that frame of mind. Like, without stepping on it, we don't want to say we're gonna spend the entire bye week just lighting different pages from the playbook on fire. <laughs> but but I it wouldn't. Be, rule it might it be out. cold that week. Yeah, first week in uh, second week in September. No, it's gonna be pretty hot. <laughs> um, but anyway, so UNLV comes a calling. Um, you know, this is a team that was four and eight last year, uh, kind of the bottom of the Mountain West. But anyone who knows Northwestern football should be absolutely terrified of this UNLV team. Not because of how good they are on the field, but because how we are going to come out and play. Um, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. John, take us through their D. <sighs> so, this team gave up 37 points a game in the Mountain West last year. They gave up 40 points or more to most of the teams they played. That's the good news. And it ought to be the great news. Except we've all been down this god-awful road Sam was just talking about many, many times. We will no doubt be attempting to beat this team by running a tenth of our normal playbook. And that's not great, because there's a really good chance that old coach stubborn McIrishy pants and friends <laughs> are going to play right into the relative strength of this defense. <laughs> let's let's just get this out of the way immediately. UNLV is extremely lousy against the pass. This isn't because they can't pressure the quarterback, although they aren't great at that either. It's because this is an undisciplined defense that is horrible in pass coverage. UNLV takes big chances, and when they get down, they really take big chances, and they get torched by big plays. No player in the UNLV secondary had more than one interception. The team as a whole had 10, and four of those were by a single linebacker. This is a crap secondary. What UNLV did not suck at last year was run defense. I mean, they weren't great at it either. Uh, you could basically divide the Mountain West last year into two distinct tiers of run defense. And UNLV was the best member of the lower tier. Still, this is a defense that absolutely can manage against an opponent who wants to stubbornly stuff the ball into the line on every play. Now, UNLV loses three quality run-oriented starters across the defensive line, which helps us for sure. However, what the projected defensive line for next year does have is a lot of beef. And more importantly, 
The two best players on this defense are both back, linebackers Javin White and Gabe McCoy. These are both preseason All-Mountain West Conference second-team players who combined for 20 tackles for loss and are excellent against the run. Could Hunter Johnson absolutely eviscerate this defense? Of course he could. Will he get the chance to? Let's put it this way. UNLV gave up 40 points a game in almost every game last year. If you think we're scoring 40 points against this team, then you have somehow stumbled upon this podcast, and I assume you were looking for Kansas State, or maybe you were looking for Northwestern State. We're sorry to waste your time. This is a Northwestern podcast. Uh, A team that establishes the run in any meaningful way, and then goes over the top, blows UNLV away. It would be nice if Pat Fitzgerald even pretended to attempt to do this. This should by all means be a cakewalk for us offensively. And if you actually think it will be, you don't watch Northwestern football. Well, I feel good. Um, <laughs> Scuzz. I'm sure, no, I'm sure Scuzz is going to make you feel much better. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, Scuzz, uh, let's, let's, let's run through this UNLV offense. I mean, they are, well, I guess they're not the running rebels. Running rebels is, are only the basketball team. Um, which I can, I can speak to from living in Vegas for three years and only having UNLV sports to be local. But UNLV oh. Rebels offense. Eh? Oh, but Sam, they ran a lot yeah. last okay. year. Okay. Okay. And they were pretty good at it. Um, buckle up, folks. So 2014 NIU, 2015 Ball State, 2016 Western Michigan. 2018 Akron. What was it you were saying about that Stanford preview again? <laughs> yeah, you might want to run them both concurrently right now. <laughs> UNLV might be a MAC team, boys. Um, Much like John's view of the D, this offense has all the makings of trouble for Northwestern, specifically a dual-threat QB with Power 5 pedigree, Several key Power 5 transfers that indicate that this team is not what it has been in prior years. And just the general terrifying nature of um, coming off of a a big game on the road against a marquee opponent to play this team at home. Um, Let's start with Armani Rogers. He is the quarterback at UNLV. He's entering his third year. He was a huge recruit by UNLV standards. Uh, he carried offers to UCLA and Washington when he chose to play in Las Vegas. He has missed a significant portion of, of each of the last two seasons with injury. In fact, this is a crazy stat. No, uh, UNLV has not had the same QB start for an entire season since 1996. That's that, ludicrous. That is crazy. Yeah. So, but but Rogers predominantly because he runs a lot. Uh, he missed he missed a couple games his freshman year, and then he missed quite a few games last season. Uh, he also has a lot of problems with his accuracy throwing the ball. He's in the low 50s throwing the ball, but the dude is nasty on the ground. He averaged over five yards per carry in 2017, over six yards per carry last year. He had eight TDs in each year. This is real trouble for Northwestern. I, I, every preview I'm talking about this, the, the ghost of the mobile QB. Now, Rodgers is not a dual-threat quarterback on on the order of a 
Adrian Martinez Martinez at Nebraska, right? Like he's not a great thrower. Um, when he is hurt, uh, he's backed up by Max Gilliam, who is a, a transfer from Cal. Gilliam had pretty darn good numbers last year, 55% completion, uh, 14 to 8 TD uh, to pick ratio, but he doesn't run. Northwestern would be in infinitely better shape if we were up against Max Gilliam in this game. But uh, given that it's the third week of the year, I think you can probably bet on it being Armani Rogers. Now, that all being said, the passing game itself has not produced a ton the last two years, despite the talent. I mean, they averaged like 160 to 190 yards per game passing each of the last two seasons. However, they have never had a wide receiver talent like they will have this year in Randall Grimes. Uh, Grimes is a Las Vegas native, and after his freshman year at USC, he decided to depart and come back home. I guess we are lucky they didn't follow through with his original transfer commitment, which would have been to Minnesota. But Ufta, uh, dude, was a huge four-star talent coming out of high school. He is six foot four and has a massive catch radius. Does anyone remember the Ball State game from 2015? They basically posted up their largest receiver on Nick Van Hoos all game to the tune of 133 yards and two TDs. We can expect something similar from UNLV in this game on top of the mobile QB. And then there's the running backs. In addition to Rodgers running for over six yards per carry last year, Lexington Thomas and Charles Williams also were both over five yards per carry. Uh, Williams was injured early on, giving way to Thomas, so you can kind of think of them as like one complete back. But the point being, this, this was an awesome running team last year. They ran for 308 yards on USC on 43 carries. They put up over 200 or up close to 200 yards and like a four and a half yards per carry clip against the two best defenses in the Mountain West being Fresno State and San Diego State. They were decent. They also bring back nine start nine offensive linemen with starting experience. That's four legit starters, and they've got two just behemoths on the right side of the line. This team is talented. Uh, they've got in addition to Williams, who's going to be the, the the starter this year, they've got yet another transfer from Cal, a guy named uh, Biagio Ali Walsh, all-name team, by the way, uh, who's solid and, again, uh, Power 5 pedigree. This, this is a scary situation for Northwestern because, to John's point, if, if, if we dial back the playbook and don't take advantage of their defense, their offense, very, very, very much like Akron last year, can put up points <sighs> start drinking boys oh I, I have been i have been this is let let's quickly just run through the, their schedule till they get to us i mean it's not like a big murderer's row that's going to be testing them they uh open up the year with home games against southern utah and arkansas state um so we're not going to know anything about them like how they match up against a, a really good, talented team by w watching any of their first two games. But still, I mean, this has all the makings. It it does, and, you know, we, we worry about this every year. And every year, this is the game that we lose. Right, and it's like, it's not, like, Scuzz certainly identified UNLV is going to have some talented players. Top to bottom, it's not remotely, I mean... This is a team that lost to Fresno State 48-3 last year. That's not the point. The point is... Hey, these that, I, I know where you're going, John. They have a lot more talent than Illinois does. Yeah, oh, well, that's... that's Well, 
whatever talent they've acquired, I think they're probably acquiring it how the same way that Illinois does by <laughs> transfers from random places. Not Lovey's not out there killing it on the recruiting trail. Don't, but again, Scuzz, you keep trying to bait me into stepping on the Illinois pot every week. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. I want to let the people savor it. I want to let that build. Um, but anyway, the there this top to bottom, this team isn't remotely have the overall talent that we do. It's just the point is we all know how we play teams like this, which is with one hand tied behind our back. And there, I, one thing I didn't even mention in our preview, let's say that you had coaches who don't choose to play down to opponents the way they did, okay? The way that our coaches do. And you had a hypothetical game against a certain team who was known to be way worse than you. And then the next week, you played what maybe is the best run defense in the nation. You would be thinking ahead to how you would be playing that best run defense in the nation offensively. And what is your plan probably going to be when you play the number one rush defense in the country? You're probably going to try to throw the ball on every play. So what are you going to do the week before that? You're going to try to throw the ball as little as you possibly can. That's how normal coaches would approach this situation. We may not throw in this game. <laughs> I just oh, want come on now. <laughs> I just want people to prepare mentally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For for some sort of insane situation. Like that's what we're looking at here. Yes, we're all over, and Scuzz outlined a ton of talent here, and yes, they probably will try to highlight this one big receiver. I mean, it's like, defensively, our whole defensive line is way better than their whole offensive line, even though those guys, there are a couple big boys. I want to say that one of them randomly, I think Scuzz, is like DeAndre Jordan's brother, I think, only because I watched a random UNLV game last year. Why? Uh, uh, I just remember he was unbelievably tall. He was like, and then I remember looking at him and then looking him up and he was randomly DeAndre Jordan's brother. I don't know. Scott, Sam, I'm a degenerate college football fan. What do you want from me? Uh, but, Not waste your time watching UNLV. Uh, well, uh, let's put it this way. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm very worried that that will have been a better use of my time than watching this Northwestern UNLV game. Um, it's just the, the way we're going to play this team is, is, as going to be as negative as possible. And uh, again, it's like, it's, it's not that we're just guessing at this. It's history. Everything we've been, we've been led to believe up to this point leads to believe that we're going to be running a stripped down playbook against them. And on the flip side, Scuzz has identified real playmakers on their team. Again, this team got pasted by Fresno State, obliterated. Um, but, but yeah. Well, in the week after us, they go on by before starting their conference season. So, I mean, like this, this presents much like Akron last year. This presents the ultimate opportunity for UNLV. It's a national stage against a power five team. I mean, I like this isn't going to be the ABC game, certainly, but um, no, this game is going to be on Big Ten Network. Like I guarantee. But but they're in a situation. So their coach Tony Sanchez is is widely seen as a super charismatic guy, doing a great job there with you know a tough situation. They're getting a new stadium. They're gonna they're gonna be 
playing in the in the Raiders stadium uh, the year after after this season, presumably. Massive this, upgrade for for them as far as facilities. I mean, massive upgrade, and 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 to be able to log some big wins like this early in the season to generate excitement and season ticket holders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like this is this is huge for them. So, um, yeah, I and John, it's funny because I feel like I feel like in past years it's mostly been me waving the oh my god, this is like this is going to be a disaster situation, but. Um, you know, maybe we see something different from our from our from our coaching staff. Maybe we see um, a different focus. We are coming off of a bye, so that maybe helps dilute any post Stanford hangover that there might be. Um, maybe that allows us to more effectively. You know, you know that Fitz is is focusing on the Big Ten season and the Michigan State matchup in week in week four, like you outlined, John. So, I, but at least at least they've got two weeks, right? I also want to point out too. Um, and this is, again, it's like it's the mind-bending part of being a Northwestern fan. If we could go 4-2 and two from September 14th to October 26th, and that was somehow a given, Fitz would insist on losing the UNLV game. <laughs> and I don't yeah, know that yeah. he's wrong. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, like, that's just the way we work. That's the way last season worked. Um, so it's like, if, you know, in his mind, like, that calculus is going on somewhere down there. I mean, the five games, the five Titanic games that follow the UNLV game, I mean, if we pull a winning record out of those games, you know, if we can trade that for, you know, a rough outing against UNLV, it would just be nice if this rough UNLV outing went in the oh my god, we barely won, now let's never think about this again game, like like the Rutgers game well, last hang, year. Hang on, why can't we, like, why why can't this be the year that we just pace them? We just come out, we take care of business, we pace them, and we move on. Like, what? Well, well I, I, I will say this, um, we've played UNLV twice before, and that's exactly what we did both of those times. And it was in years that we were not particularly great, right? It was, it was... 2001 and 2002 if i'm recalling correctly yeah that that rings a bell i I remember having like most of the evanston campus crashing on my apartment floor (laughs) um so uh, like it's it's possible and 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 if you you know i i've listed out all those games in the past where, where we've had problems that didn't happen in 2017 yes we got we got you know kicked in the teeth by duke in 2017 but that was a game on the road in crazy heat and humidity against you know a a, a pretty good QB and Daniel Jones. Not, hey, not a six, six, six number six in the draft. NFL draft pick. Yeah, um, first but, round uh, talent Daniel Jones, top ten pick <laughs> Daniel Jones. Mm, yeah, I, I know there's no lottery concept in 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 the NFL, but I, th- I feel like if you just start referring to him as a lottery pick. <laughs> um Anyways, like in 2017, like we came out and we we beat Nevada convincingly week one. Two weeks later, we annihilated Bowling Green forty-nine to seven. Like it's it's in us to do that. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll just we'll just have to see if we do. I don't think any of us are holding our breath on that. And and let's and let's be clear. Like, go listen to our Stanford. Program. I was about to say easily we, clickable. It's right there on the site. You might want to go fire it up right now. We've just told you that we think like there's a 
pretty good chance that Northwestern loses to UNLV. I think I, like game week, we're all going to say, yep, Northwestern should win this game, but they're what, like a 35% chance that, that we don't, um, a hundred percent chance that it, that it takes a year off of everybody's life. Um, but we also think we're going to kick the crap out of Stanford. So I, like, yeah, I, like I, I feel legit better because I like, I, the team we're going to roll out next year, firing on all cylinders, can take anybody on our schedule. I really believe that that's true, and that is not the team that's going to be showing up against UNLV. But to Sam's point, maybe this team's, maybe finally, you know, that team that Fitz stubbornly wants to be to show up against these bad teams, maybe we will just finally paste one of these teams and just be done with it at halftime. That would be nice. Let's have that happen, just for if, once. If it happens, I am... I am going to give all the credit to kurt anderson and the trench cats <laughs> amen let's go kurt trench cats baby do it up all right well let's go ahead and leave it there for unlv before we all have to go refill our beverages and um drink ourselves I'm, silly i'm still moderately sober well let, let's try and keep it that way and we'll go ahead and leave it there uh, head to our website westlotpirates.com where you can leave comments and questions look for us on facebook Twitter and Instagram at Westlot Pirates and email the show westlotpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics and look for us in the West Lot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Scasboy and Sam Walter, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.